1: Oy, oy. <laughs>
2: How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not bad, actually. Um, I want to make an apology because we didn't have Ooh, an episode yeah. this week and that was 100% my fault. Um, my brain was a bit frazzled and I just couldn't, like in, mentally I couldn't arrange a time that made sense yeah. in my brain and my life at the time. So, we just never recorded one, and we didn't even put out a message to say there wouldn't be an episode. But you know what? here we are,
0: yeah, and also what we're talking about today, we wanted to do it properly, like we didn't want to just half half do it, did we? So we mm. wanted to make sure we had the time and the space to talk about today's topic, like you know with the with yeah. the respect that we thought
2: it deserved, yeah, for sure, but, um, I will say that we missed you
0: guys,, yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, I was going to say that, um, Spotify every year have like a Spotify wrapped, you know, kind of summary of how your year was either as like a Spotify listener and you get your, you know, your favorite Mm -hmm. songs and all that, or if you're a podcaster and you use their platform to distribute your podcast, you get a summary as well. Like how many listeners you've had, which, um, geographical areas you've reached and so on and so after the week of not putting out an episode and actually seeing our stats culminated over the year because we joke a lot about how you know (laughs) we're literally talking into the abyss
0: we're talking (laughs) to each other only
2: (laughs) a black hole of just me and you um it was nice to kind of see like oh Oh, yeah, it wasn't too bad. When you yeah. put it in the percentages, I mean, going from two <laughs> listeners... The percentages were kind. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When you go from two listeners to about six listeners, it's a nice, like, 200% increase. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, what, Well, we've reached 29 countries. Yeah. No, it felt, it felt cool. And for sure, like, I know we make a, a joke about it, but anyone who takes the time to listen to us and our drivel... Like we're very appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. Um for sure. You know, busy lives these days, hey. So if you're making some time for us, what are you doing? Uh-
2: <laughs> get a life, guys.
0: Snap <laughs> out of it. Oh man. No, but it's really cool, really cool to see. Yeah, for sure.
2: And also um a big thank you to everyone who's been a guest on our podcast as well. Yeah,
0: they definitely make make this like feel I don't know we I still feel like such like a what's the word a phony when we have someone like as a guest oh, dog I they're like all that. such cool people they're yeah. always such great guests and I'm like what are they doing talking to us but <laughs> they make it really enjoyable and for sure I'm a, like will be a big part of the appeal I'm sure, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. yeah our, our guests are our guests are cool guys yeah so, what is... Okay, let's go for fashion. Hang on. Ding, 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 ding. Think we need an update on Miranda's no spend.
2: Oh, good. I'm surprised you remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... How's
0: your no spend going then, Mimula?
2: I will preface this by saying that I always said that around Christmas time would be the hardest time of the year for me. yeah. yeah. But by, by my standards, I don't think I've done too badly. I have bought something, of course, because, you know, guys, I already said I was going to buy something. <laughs> for Christmas. For Christmas, for myself. Yeah. So, first thing I'll say is that I bought myself a pair of boots. I was showing you the boots. I bought them in the end.
0: Oh, you bought them. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah lovely. Okay, so shoes don't count then?
2: I mean, they all count. I'm not even denying. Like everything I bought counts, but uh, I just think, in the grand scheme of things, they were the th- grand scheme of things. You're also buying a whole lot less, right? So. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I tell myself. So um, I bought a pair of boots, which will double up as a Christmas present from my mum because she also said that she would give me money towards it. So you lovely, know, a bargain. Lovely, yeah. Um, I also have. Do you ever get it when? You have this like one basic item in your wardrobe and you've had it for years and you just like how it fits on you. Just the Mm. shape of it. The cut It's really basic, but you're like, I need to find more of those. Yes. Get my hands on more of those. I would buy them in different colors. Mm. And so I have this Gap long sleeve t-shirt and I went on the Gap website. I've done it previously before, but I just bit the bullet and they were selling. And I bought this t-shirt literally, not an exaggeration, like four years ago. And it's just my favourite T-shirt. And they still sell them in the same make, in the same cut. And so I bought myself yeah. three. And they right. were on discount. It was Black Friday. Yes. So I'm very satisfied by those T-shirts. It's the little things.
0: You know what? That that makes me think. I mean, I don't know if I can wait a year to restock certain basics that I think a bored people would even talk about <laughs> a few weeks <laughs> ago. But that's actually a really good time to stock up. I, I really... I really um, hate that, like, you have to spend money on basics or replenishing stuff. Because, like, and don't get me wrong, I really use a lot of my clothes. Like, of course, I've got those, like, standout things where, like, they probably only get a few wears ever. Mm -hmm. But, like, my basics I really use. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, like, you get, like, underlayers or, like, whatever that have, like, holes in or, like, your favourite top after a while you want more of. Mm -hmm. I really be- like begrudge spending money on that. So that's a good. That's a good way yeah. to use Black Friday there. Yeah. Yeah. And then I bought one more thing. So this is like your Christmas present to yourself.
2: Well, you know, I could say <laughs> if I was trying to be kind to myself, um, I bought a tracksuit, okay, trousers, and again, I find it's a, it's a basic. Hang op- on, mm-hmm. you also bought a dress. From Hollister. Oh, I I returned it. Oh, okay. I returned it. Yeah. I thought that was your Christmas present, to you. (sighs) It was originally, but then I returned it. (laughs) So you got a tracksuit. Okay. I I got a tracksuit and it was by this brand. It it sounds like it has a very fancy name, but I don't really know. It's the package said it was from Cheshire. So I don't, (laughs) I don't know. It's called like Manier de Voix. Ooh, yeah, sounds really fancy. But they had a Black Friday sale and I wear a lot of tracksuits when I'm at home and mm. when it's just, you know, well, like from home day. life. Yeah. Yeah, like I I appreciate a matching jumper and tracky bums Coward set. Mm-hmm. So um I bought theirs. It's like an oversized fit in like a chocolatey brown color. You know, you know when you're on that like, Instagram and you see all these like super now, I'm going to sound shallow, but we've all done it. You know, you see these, like, super wealthy, like, fashion bloggers who are, like, going to, like, deal shows and all that shit. And when they have, like, their Instagram reels, and they're always just, like, in a really nice trackie and like, a big trench or something. Mm. And they've got, like, this nice bag. And you're like, oh, that's a simple, but it's a great look. I just bought myself another tracksuit because I thought, oh, this would be my, like, not trying too hard. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, But so- they're trying
0: really hard because they've got, like, a sleek sleek like pulled back bun,
2: nice jewelry
0: or like yeah, yeah, yeah. a Chanel handbag there. as an accessory. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. Oh that nice. oh speaking of Chanel. <sighs> we'll get onto it. Um but yeah I bought one. It came and the quality is really nice. Nice. So I not gonna lie if you're happy with your purchases yeah solid they are solid purchases and I feel like they were considered purchases Mm. which is like kind of the name of the game whole point of it right it's to re
0: rewire your brain for like Mm. the way you spend money on clothes and things yeah for sure nice nice We interrupt this broadcast to remind you, go follow us on Instagram, Pod. Shoot us an email, peak at gmail.com. Find us on YouTube. Find us on Twitter. We've got all the links on our Instagram. You know what to do.
2: Right. What is what is your fashion story this week? Um, I think you should start because I was rambling for a bit. Okay, sure, sure, sure.
0: Um, so I've got like a few sort of like observational, I guess, fashion stories. My first one is it's the Christmas season coming. I can literally see one of my seasonal purchases in front of me. Let me.
2: Oh, is it the advent calendar? No, no, no. Oh, okay. <gasps> Se- yeah. oh yeah and it's got fringe
0: it's got fringe love it but my question is why like I feel like fashion's really changed in the last few years I and like before, pre-covid I feel like we stopped saving things for best as much and I feel like loads of like fashionistas would mm. kind of just like you know really overdress like for whatever occasion like be like
2: dressing
0: huh At least we within bc bc yeah. yeah like i feel like you would see someone and they just dress how they want to dress and maybe like that's not normally how anyone would dress for a brunch or whatever but they'd be like yeah 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 i want to wear this like and they'd style it down or whatever mm-hmm. but i feel like people would push push the limits on like what we normally you know the jeans and t-shirt era um like i feel like people would push the limits on that and I know we're still like coming out of our active wear slump, mm-hmm. but like I feel like sequins just get put in a bit of a box. It's Christmas time; we suddenly see sequins come out, or it's a certain type of event. Sequins come out, and I feel like I feel like there's going to be a moment soon where like sequins kind of become more of an everyday thing. But like, would you wear sequins to the workplace? Oh oh no that's like but like you could just like i don't know a subtle sequin (laughs) no such thing Uh, um the only time i do is on my christmas jumpers
2: um i think yeah you're right in that sequins is definitely one of those like materials or charms or whatever that's specifically saved for the holiday quote unquote the holiday season not even kind of like if it's your birthday during the year do people really step out in sequins it's very Mm. much a new year's eve a christmas theme it's quite random isn't it It it's random but i love sequins
0: i i love a sequin yeah but like it's weird that we sort of just put them in like a little box because if like normally what happens is if we like something as a society we're like why are we keeping it just for Christmas?
2: Mm. Sequins but is not just for Christmas. It's not just for <laughs> it's Christmas. It's for life. Yeah.
0: Um, and like, as a little like tangent from that. And mm-hmm. um, I feel like the feather revolution is really like heavily upon us Ooh. in clothing. Yeah. Um, and I actually bought some feather trousers that were not, they weren't how I needed them to be. I had really high hopes. I've been wanting them for ages. I thought they were going to be really cool and just the fit was not nice and I felt really sorry for myself because I was really excited to have a feather moment mm-hmm. yeah. but I find it funny that feathers aren't like deemed as like an animal cruelty thing the same way fur is um, I think uh, like I know it's a slightly different having, way of obtaining it but
2: yeah. I mean, there's got to be something not quite you, nice going on there, surely. It depends who you speak to. Having mm. le- the fact that I live with a full-blown vegan, doesn't want to wear leather type of person, having down duvets and down pillows with feathers in it is not something he is okay with. Because obviously, you have to pluck really? the word. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. It's like peeling off someone's skin, isn't yeah. it? it yeah. is there is cruelty involved in that obviously they do it when it i don't for most of the feathers that we see and that we use the bird isn't killed for its feathers it's, it's just
0: kill, it's part of the cycle of yeah. other things
2: um but yeah it depends on how um the person you're speaking to i think for people who mm. are like bang into environmental issues or they're vegan or they would deem it as very similar. I mm. think that it just hasn't hit the mainstream in the same way. I think maybe if you said, oh, peacock feathers, people would be like, oh, that's an exotic bird. Because, you know, yeah. there's this, almost this hierarchy in what is seen as an exotic animal and what yeah. is like a cow, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think the mainstream, that discussion hasn't been toxic. It's just, it's,
0: it's yeah. just funny because like they've, they've kind of had a real, like, surge. So they used to be kind of kept for, like, I guess, um, more couture Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. But it's been on, like, the high street. And, like, don't get me wrong, you can really tell, like, River Island feathers is not the same as, like, I don't know, some slightly more premium feathers. Those feathers look like they come straight off a chicken.
2: Are some of them Um, synthetic?
0: I think they can be, yeah. But like I'm just I'm just sort of surprised that they, yeah, I don't know. I'm very surprised by mm-hmm. it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And That's even my cool. own attitude, I think I'd be much more reluctant to buy something that had a fur trim than a feather trim. But that also could be price tag related as well. Because <laughs> um, real
2: real fur is like. Also with Imagine. real fur, very often the animal is alive while it's skinned and I've witnessed those videos and it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. people say, oh it's byproduct of the meat but not when it's a rabbit <laughs> it's not like they they're skinned alive because it keeps the fur in a condition yeah, yeah. in a at, certain condition yeah
0: and it's the same with snake skin
2: <sighs> it's horrible
0: because otherwise it like seizes up or like something like that you know oh rank utterly rank yeah um but yeah I just kind of not to put a downer on everyone I hope no one's eating whilst listening <laughs> yeah.
2: but go, circling back to your sequins um discussion I think that what we've seen happen with velvet could happen mm. in sequins because Velvet's so mainstream velvet is and it's not that used to be primarily a like Christmas party yeah is anything yeah. or an or just a very luxurious dinner? Very and, true. Um, and now throw on a brown velvet blazer, and it, you can dress it with like jeans during the day or whatever. And I think I don't know—is it like the revival of this like seventies aesthetic?
0: Yeah, maybe potentially. But yeah, I just sort of like—I don't know—I just saw sort of my some of my sequins. I was like, that's funny, actually. though like we just that's very much like just a certain certain time of year there aren't many things that we sort of keep keep for stuff like that now
1: mhm
0: mhm yeah yeah what is
2: it, your fashion story? so um my first one <laughs> is it's a story really that's confirming one of our worst fears <laughs> of this year and that that first reared its head um, with Molly May a few months mm. ago. And then we saw... Uh, Kendall. Kendall Jenner doing this. And now we see Cardi B has been <laughs> appointed the creative director of Playboy. Now, um, I actually... Do we what,
0: know in what capacity? Creative director? I don't know. Like of of their... Whole empire anything that's fashion
2: like, apparel that's like cr- creative. So even if you were a creative di- from what I'm expecting, even so like a-
0: even like photo shoots for the magazine.
2: I think so. Like, okay, hear me out. When you're a creative director for a fashion brand, you're obviously involved in designing the clothes but also how the perfume bottle looks how mm. the marketing looks you might not be the photographer yeah, and- yeah, yeah 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 but the overall vision for the brand is dictated by what you but want like, so they have um, a lot of strings to their bow yeah well i i suspect that she will be doing like who they want she'll be choosing um who's going to be part of their branding yeah what, playboy has a kind of cult following when it comes to their apparel as well It's like it's a classic 2000s aesthetic Mm. Um, and how the magazine, the vibe of the magazine is going to be and who they feature in the magazine. That's what I'm expecting. It's it's just.
0: I get it. I actually I wouldn't mind betting she's quite a good fit for it. Like (laughs) she'll be very much clued in on like the pop culture and like the right people and the right the right vibe mm-hmm. but just feels really random because well. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't heard much about playboy since hef died
2: i think they've been pro- they've been going through a um like a re a, like
0: a, a re yeah a mm. rebranding type of a thing
2: i think this is part of it but like as i said to you before I think that being appointed creative director of Playboy is quite iconic. And I have Mm. to admit, like, it's pretty baller. Like, yeah. Like, culturally, that is quite a cool thing to be appointed. And in the
0: States, probably even more so.
2: Yeah, definitely. But, like, yeah it's, it still goes back to the point of what is a celebrity creative director
0: what, what is she doing i need to i need to see her itinerary like i need to see her i need to see her diary
2: mm-hmm. exactly she's already got enough jobs yeah 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 <laughs> and then um i want to know which other company is going to come out and say they've got a creative director mm. of you know like fashion nova i don't
0: know <laughs> yeah I know I'm telling you now, if any of the big top dogs, like if like, if Louis V, Chanel, Hermes just start doing this, the fashion industry will
2: crumble. They have real creative directors. I just hope they're not celebrities.
0: Yeah. But that's what I mean. I hope they don't start just going like, oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But, But yeah,
0: definitely very, very iconic for her. Like... Yeah, that's a big deal. Mm.
2: Do you have another fashion
0: story? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, um, I, have, I have something that I do want to ask you. Okay. Um, really briefly. It's just before. Yeah, no. so I, was on, um, I was on TikTok and I've come across this really interesting account and she's actually another podcaster. Maybe we should bring her on. Yeah. Maybe. But um she was talking about celebrities who have had cosmetic surgery who fail to be honest about that surgery, and then they blame it on like olive oil or like sweet potato. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How their look has dramatically changed. Um, and she has a theory that. You know, we went culturally, we went through this period of how celebrities were all trying to alter themselves to look more like Kim K, because she was like the reigning queen. So it was like, mm. you want to emulate the most successful person. And now she thinks that everyone's kind of trying to look like Emily Ratajewski.
0: Ratajewski, oh well, yeah. Yeah. Re- really? Reta- I don't know how you say it. I think yeah. it's
2: Ratajewski. I just, I... I wondered what your thoughts were on, like, that theory. So is she meaning
0: more, like, body image-wise or facially? I think a bit of
2: both, but primarily facially. Okay.
0: I mean, that, like, first of all, like, it deeply saddens me that people are doing it, like, based on a particular person. It's one thing to be, like, the big lip trend it's one thing to like want a smaller nose or like you know get a bit of like i don't know botox and stuff but like to model your looks on someone else's Mm -hmm. to me is like bonkers but i guess i guess that's essentially what the big lip trend is right that's like the kylie effect that subconsciously we're emulating what she's done to her face, yeah, mm-hmm. with the big lip trend, I guess, and um, I don't know I wouldn't i don't know if I'd put like Emily as like the new it person, mm-hmm. and also she's got like she's like got European descent right, mm-hmm. so like she's got a very european so like it's kind of funny, isn't it that actually those are two like contrasting exotic. Mm -hmm. looks like Kim's Armenian Mm -hmm. then we're going for like someone who's I don't know where Emily Ratajkowska is from and I'm absolutely butchering her name Um, (laughs) every way we say it is something but like we always think the typical like ideological beauty Mm -hmm. is like western Mm -hmm. so it's kind of funny that actually the things that people want to emulate isn't and it's like proof that like yeah Yeah. that it's all just a bit bonkers um yeah i don't know it's a bit
2: like all these trends are really fleeting isn't it but
0: i like guess i would urge anyone to never do it just for a trend you know mm-hmm. i hope that goes without saying especially the eye one you know when they like pull your eyes up I just, yeah it's really difficult isn't it because i guess all of it comes from somewhere right mm-hmm. say if i have botox tomorrow it's only because I've seen other faces stop themselves from ageing. Because actually, I don't have a complex about the fact that, like, lines sit somewhere. It's only because people have stopped themselves from having lines mm-hmm. that you get these sorts of complexes necessarily.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, I feel like, I think it's going to get, like, I think the the plastic surgery game it's just good. Like it's going to snowball soon. Yeah. Because I think what we're going to see is people who do the BBLs, like in some time, like the Kardashians are kind of like, I know they, they're probably about to launch their new show and maybe they will be like the next big thing again, mm-hmm. but I doubt it. Like, I think their I think their time is, has like had its moment. So like the next ideal body shape can't be theirs. So then everyone who's done all the stuff to have that body shape,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I almost feel like, we'll then do like a reversal at some point yeah. to become the next body shape. I feel like we're going to see people just like warping themselves.
2: Yeah. I've, and I've seen um, other people talk about how they believe Kim has downsized her bum and how she's slimmer mm. on the bottom than how we've seen her previously, um, less ant-like. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I agree. I um, I agree. Don't model yourself on someone else, their whole appearance, because that's that never ends well. um But I definitely do think that within Hollywood, there are these shifts to look more like whoever is trending and whatever is. Yeah. And everyone just looks this. Everyone just looks the same. Yeah.
0: I also feel like, and I know it's difficult too. And actually, we're meant to have had this like revolution that every picture is meant to kind of come with a watermark, right? If it's been somewhat photoshopped, which still I haven't like seen evidence of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's almost got to be some sort of like, there's got to be a duty that like JLo doesn't just look like that, mm. you know? Like, Gwyneth doesn't just look like that because she uses her cream.
2: I think there's a difference between someone consciously knowing, like, okay, this is all a mirage. This is not true. This is just social media. Because the younger generations are fully aware of that. But then Mm. the younger generation is also too young to kind of fight off this constant barrage of images in their, like, subconscious. Like, no matter how much you try... If you're yeah. following these people, then you're gonna it's gonna alter the way you see yourself and the way you feel about yourself. Like I don't really follow celebs like that unless I like really love them as a person. Yeah. That's amazing. But I don't just like follow blanket all the biggest celebrities or like all these um like oh, what's like gym gym bunnies and stuff. Because yeah. like I'm not trying to make myself feel bad about myself exactly
0: okay. but then it's it's also like the articles right so like say like a women's health where it's like these are the like the top like five tips that like or the top five drugstore products that like JLo swears by mm-hmm. and it's like that is not why jlo lo looks the way that she does yeah you know and it's it's like it's sort of that thing where you almost need like them to add the clause of like alongside her like skincare regimen like by her facialist and also by her like i don't know uh, and... her like botox doctor
2: mm, yeah 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 yeah. Um, a lot to yeah think about in that regards i suppose but yeah, yeah. i guess our um topic
0: Yeah, so our topic, you might have gathered it, it wasn't one of our fashion stories, and it's probably the biggest thing that's happened in fashion this month is um the passing of Virgil Abloh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we thought we'd bring back sort of one of our like brand, I guess, episodes or like designer episodes, and we're kind of gonna reflect on on Virgil and you know what like the rocket of a career he had in actually a really short space of time Mm -hmm. like I think this is why we wanted to do it right because actually I think there's so much that people don't really know about him and there was so much that I definitely didn't know and sort of almost like how how quickly he took off I kind of didn't really realize yeah um and that's quite unusual in fashion like I was like, you know, those overnight success stories often are actually like 10 years in the making. Yeah. Whereas I feel like he he was onto something really quick and really quickly got noticed for that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, Which do you want to kick okay. us off with?
2: I'll kick us off. I'll do a like a rundown of his like overall career first. And then I think there's like lots of things like thematically that we could probably talk about. Virgil and like his legacy and Mm. what he managed to do during his life but so um yeah Virgil passed away and he was only 41 and that in itself is like to me was a shocker because it was like only what was it like three four years ago and so in 2018 he was appointed creative director of Louis Vuitton men's which is huge really
0: young to be appointed that in your 30s
2: someone to have like as you said although he's been like artistic for many many years but for someone to come into the fashion industry be taken seriously that seriously quite quickly in comparison to maybe other people let's say Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah and then to be like the first black appointed creative director for a major french fashion house is like such a big milestone and then um on top of the fact that he was battling cancer for the past few years and no one knew about it i think that was like the shocker um yeah but yeah so he was born in 1980 and he actually was trained as an architect so he studied civil engineering and then did a master's in architecture um and while he was at uni he was actually a dj like i don't know i just when i think of Virgil abler i think of like typical art kid yeah like like in in
0: the the sense
2: yeah like just
0: like could turn a hand to anything creative and of course that's what he would like be good at or
2: yeah have like an exhibition of or (laughs) exactly like was into like the the academic side of art and architecture and music and fashion and all of this stuff and quite took it in a really like conceptual way or believed in like the culture of things as opposed to just like I'm designing clothes yeah um but yeah so he's a DJ and um he then went on to intern at Fendi in in Milan alongside Kanye West which is Mm -hmm. a pretty big deal like I did (laughs) not know
0: I I'm gonna be honest didn't know Kanye did an
2: internship (laughs) well I I learned this recently as well I didn't I had to check. I was like, what? But yeah. Um, so, yeah, he got into fashion while he was on campus and there was like this building that was um, being uh, constructed at the time by an architect who had also designed or helped design runway collections for Prada. So I mm. guess maybe he saw that like link between architecture and fashion in a way that he didn't appreciate before. Um, yeah, and
0: he was like designing graphic T-shirts, wasn't he? Whilst he was at like mm-hmm. uni or college, whatever they call it in America. <laughs> that's um, so I know, I know. I sound really like blasé today. <laughs> I haven't got I have got time for sensitivity. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, yeah. Keep going. So, um, yeah, that's true. So, uh, Virgil Abloh and a guy called Don C who I believed was working like with Kanye West, like Mm. creatively. I think at this point, Kanye West was a, was somebody at this point. Like we knew who Kanye (laughs) West was. Um, They opened a fashion store and they were selling clothing and apparel of like other brands that they liked. Um, Later on bringing in this whole like printed t-shirts aesthetic, he opened his like own brand which was called pyrex vision mm-hmm. and what he would do was buy dead stock of ralph Lauren goods whatever print yeah green printing on them and sell them for like huge markups um and from what i've read it was more of like a chance for him to like creatively experiment and i guess like test the waters more than it was like i'm gonna make millions of this like idea yeah. Um, And so that kind of lends itself from in 2013, he'd started or launched his brand called Off-White. Yeah. And this was like luxury streetwear, you know, the aesthetic of streetwear, but with a luxury price tag and quality and like luxury considerations, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Like, Basically, elevating, I guess what what we saw as like quite dismissive, like either kept for like kind of what the lounge well as we know now. Mm-hmm. He was trying to redefine that, mm-hmm. like I guess right, so like mm-hmm. not it just being something that you just wear inside or quickly run and do errands or do like, your workout in. Yeah, like a very considered, like. Mm-hmm streetwear like that's probably just got a bit more of like where streetwear actually came from in the first place
2: yeah yeah and like as I said at the beginning of this episode the idea that I was looking for a tracksuit which I felt was like of nice quality and looked good and I felt Mm. like I could go out in it and it still be part of like a polished look I mean we all follow people online who wear Nikes Mm. carrying an Hermes bag yeah growing up that didn't happen like people no. were either dressed up body or calmed, dressed down or yeah dressed down and you were a chav if you yeah, if you yeah, were yeah. Like, um or you just like you know just kind of you're wearing it because you were playing football or you at yeah. Sports direct or something that was it it wasn't like this idea of elevated sports, <laughs> sports. it's so That's, true it's so true was sports direct we all bought school trainers from there so um yeah, so it was part of that that kind of era. And then I, I don't know if you remember, like, when Givenchy, Riccardo Tisci, had those, like, long T-shirts and stuff. And that mm-hmm. was the first time we saw kind of, like, menswear and T-shirts and stuff on the runway. And that just reminds me of that time. But, um, yeah, so he'd launched Off-White. And as you said, it helped to push what was typically deemed the streetwear into a more luxurious higher price tag range um and guys you all remember those like construction belts remember those yeah <laughs> yeah that is pretty much his career before 2018 when he was appointed yeah. creative director of Louis Vuitton men's um and i think now he has The term, like, the Karl Lagerfeld of our generation has been, like, banded about Mm. to describe him. In a fact, I think that people draw parallels between his ability to have so many projects and to be so far-ranging beyond just fashion in the same way that Karl was. Yeah,
0: and Karl, I think, from like, rocketed as well. Like, Karl kind of became somebody quite quickly. Or well, it was quite clear that he was going to become somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he just like I think he's um I think you said it quite well earlier of like he's not just someone who's like his thing is just to design clothes. I think he thinks about the like creativity on such like a full picture that even in off-white, you know, he's he did the collaborations with IKEA,
1: mm, yeah. which is
0: like would like, it makes so much sense to see it, but I bet people thought he was insane mm-hmm. for thinking to do a collaboration with Ikea. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, like, making, like, those Ikea bags, mm-hmm. but, like, the off-white version and that, like, them selling out. Yeah, yeah. And essentially yeah. you could have just shopped in an Ikea and got, like, basically what
2: that bag was. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, I think they touched on like the collaborations is definitely a massive part of his career but also and I will admit myself I was never the biggest fan of Off-White and Mm -hmm. I think the reason why I didn't like it I think a lot of people didn't like it for the same reason it was very often for me it was too simple Mm. like the idea that you could write Quotation marks sculpture on a brown IKEA bag and it sell out like crazy. It was just like, I get that he's like, it's more of a culture, it's more of a movement, yeah. and it's more of something you buy into rather than I really need a bag that's a sculpture on it, you know. Yeah. Um so I think people saw those collaborations and probably thought, like, what is he adding here?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like. Yeah, I think he just had, sort of had quite like um, he thought quite wholly about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, even I guess like the fact that he's got an architectural background and stuff like that, I think just that's what Carl did. Right. Like I bet when he thought of Chanel shows, he almost had probably planned. Mm-hmm. The. um the set design, mm-hmm. like, I bet it all comes together. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't mind betting that he was quite similar.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he had um, a really big collaboration with Nike as well. Yeah. So if you get your hands on, you know, like, off-white Nike trainers, which are easily kind of noticeable by their zip tags, zip mm. Kind of hanging off the side Wasn't there
0: a really famous thing? Like I remember Beebs had some mm. and like loads of people like what? And isn't there a famous thing of like someone's dad like cut the zip Probably. tie off their traders Yeah, they, they it, didn't like, the really tab. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. Because they almost look like yeah that they, they, they should be returned to the shop or something. Yeah. Um I remember yeah I remember that. like people being like what are these shoes that like look yeah look kind of like they
2: they are they shouldn't have that on them mm. um I remember in one of my previous roles there was a Jimmy Choo and Off-White collaboration and they brought the um I was working for like an e- retailer and they were they had pieces in this quite limited collection and they brought it in to show us so that we kind of have a view of it. Um, And the Jimmy Choo and Off-White collection, I will say I did like this because to me, I hadn't seen shoes done like this in this way, but it was like stiletto pumps, but wrapped in this like plastic film, like Mm. film that you would cover, not cling film, but like a thicker version of cling film. And there would be knee-high boots covered in this as well. And um, pumps that were wrapped in these shoes as well. And it kind of like tied around the ankle like a, like a sweetie that was, yeah, the shoe was wrapped in this plastic almost to like, would it make it waterproof or to protect them? I'm not sure. But I remember looking at that and being like, you know what? That is, it's quite a sophisticated look. It's not, it's not, let's say, the streetwear that you would probably expect off-white or a level of like, oh, this is casual that you expected off from off-white. But it was, it was for like those who wanted to be a bit more dressed up and glamorous, but still with a very of the moment cool collaboration as well. So I remember looking at that and being like, you know what? I quite like these. <laughs> mm.
0: Yeah. I think that was what he did is he almost like made something that you'd he, be questioning if it's nice or if it's ugly, mm, mm, mm. you know, like push pushing the boundaries on like how we see things and like, yeah, like w- warping our sense of like, you know, like taking, something that's an Ikea bag and like trying to like redefine it.
2: Yeah. I think it's tongue-in-cheek as well yeah it's yeah like for sure like, there's stuff. humor
0: in that yeah yeah, yeah yeah um and like the fact that like saying sculpture and all of that stuff like it's an ironic thing
2: right yeah exactly another thing also um when I think of Virgil Abloh is the idea of being like a jack of all trades mm-hmm. is that a good thing is that a bad thing and I mean it's a it's a pointless kind of debate to have but I do think of him as like a guy who had fingers in different pies and and like revelled in it I um I listened to actually the Guardian had like a tribute episode on their podcast and um the designer at a cold wall which is like another kind of quote unquote streetwear brand he knew Virgil Abloh and when he said that he was appointed the creative director of Louis Vuitton Men's, Virgil believed like this was only the beginning for him Mm -hmm. and I thought that is just so like poignant because often that's the destination for people like yeah creative director you've made it yeah Yeah. made it for him it was like no there's there's far more that I want to do this is just a vehicle for me to get there.
0: Yeah. And I think it's like, he's there's got to be like such a determined drive, like in him because, yeah, I think he like graduated in like 2009 and that's when he started his internship with Fendi. So in the space, like so that's you're entering fashion. Yeah. 2009 in less Than 10 years, you become artistic director Mm -hmm. of Louis V's menswear. Like, that is mind-boggling. And like, I mean, we can also discuss whether or not the fact like his friendship with Kanye and all of that stuff helped. And I'm I wouldn't mind betting yes, that is the case because of the connections that Kanye has and the project like i didn't know oh yeah yeah he was the artistic director for their watch the throne album jay-z and kanye yeah yeah yeah. like i had no idea that that was like but like the fact that, that like first of all like such a huge album yeah yeah for him to be involved in that and to have the support of someone who at that point like I mean, Kanye goes through phases, doesn't he, of um, being at the top of his game. Uh, but, like, at that point, that's, like, one of the biggest albums. Yeah. And for him to be involved in that way, I don't know if that was, like, a financial support or, like, something. No, so...
2: Just um, mixing him and Ke- in that circle. Mm. Just, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, him and Kanye West were, like, friends for a long time. I think that yeah was- appreciation for like each of their artists they're probably both as bonkers as each other yeah yeah exactly I think they were both like artistically like bonkers and like thought big and like yeah dream big Um, and Kanye West had this artistic agency called Donda Donda. his mum and he was appointed like the creative director or artistic director of that. So anything that Kanye West put out, whether it was mm. like the visuals of his album or like projects he had, or remember Kim Kardashian had that book, and it was just like her selfies. <laughs> Do you remember yeah, that? It was like course. random book. was like Kim has a has a picture book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he was. He kind of was the artistic director of those. So all these little projects they had.
0: Yeah. It was
2: like under his direction, under the umbrella, the the company of Donda. So yeah, Kanye West was the massive, like he probably introduced him to people and brought him on to his in for his ride. So yeah. Yeah,
0: and maybe that helped him with like being prepared for I guess that CEO label founder role of having having to juggle Mm -hmm. a lot of different things Mm -hmm. because like off-white took off really quickly right so in 2013 it launched by the next year he's launching the women's wear version of the line and showing in paris Mm -hmm. yeah and then and then in like four short years and like oh and so he'd He was also nominated or put forward for an LVMH prize, Mm -hmm. but he lost out to Jacquemus and someone else. Um, But, like, he was obviously on the radar then of Mm -hmm. the LVMH group, but still, like, in four years. It's insane. Yeah, Like, that's crazy. But then also, like, it didn't feel like the most irris- it didn't feel irresponsible and there's yeah. no way lvmh would try and make an irresponsible decision yeah, yeah, yeah. on like their faculty yeah and just finished- and especially when it is someone like it's important because he was the first black mm-hmm. artistic director of menswear mm-hmm. you're not going to make that lightly mm-hmm. to just make you're not going to do it just to do it yeah, yeah like yeah. you've got to make sure it's like the right person for it, and
2: yeah, and all of that. that. you and the brand, and and I think he had a massive following at that point, which helped. Like he he cultivated his own. White
0: had like a cult, cult. Right following.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, Especially he, because
0: of like I think the footwear and stuff like that. I think it was the accessories that like became very yeah, like
2: for sure. iconic and to be seen remember, with. Remember this? They had like those. <coughs> and then they had the oh yeah I wasn't
0: a fan of off-white I'm I'm not I mean it's not my style and it had a lot of that like yellow webbing with like off-white on or like whatever
2: but loads of people loved it and he had a cult following and like when you when you speak about like the timeline and you put it into context in terms of number of years I can only think I get like two feelings I get the first is like Mate, he had a life really well lived, Mm. incredibly well lived in his short 41 years. Yeah. But also cut too short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
0: imagine where it could have gone to.
2: Yeah. Like imagine fulfilling probably most of your dreams in your first 40 years. And then it's just like, it's like Mm -hmm. sad, but also inspiring at the same time. Yeah, it's sad because it got cut short, but it's ins-
0: like it's inspiring because like he got so far in that time and mm-hmm. all of the rest of it. Yeah, but yeah, I guess I guess had he lived to the age of Carl, like how long was Carl like the creative director of Oh my you know, God Chanel? And like, like that could he- have been
2: him for Louis. Yeah, he was Louis v. creative director or like co-creative director at. No, not creative director. He'd designed for Fendi for decades and decades and de- like they were not getting rid of him. I think Mm-mm. he was he was at Fendi longer than he was at Chanel. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think they would have had a similar legacy had he lived as old. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: and like even part of his um, Nike collab, he designed an outfit for Serena Williams to wear. Yes, for he the did. U.S. Open in yeah, like 2018 we did as well.
2: Too. Yeah, did we talk about this, huh? Did we no. talk about her tutu. No, did we talked about her her cat suit. Her cat suit. Did he design the cat suit? I don't
0: know. Oh, no. I think it was just this outfit. I think he just kind of had some really interesting collaborations ideas. Mm-hmm. And so, like 2018 was his year, right? Because by the end of 2018. An index ranked off-white as the hottest label mm-hmm. in the world ahead of Gucci. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was like around the time where Gucci, like, Gucci was the big boy. Like, like we're on the, dig- we're still on Gucci's decline from that now. And it's a slow decline because yeah. they've just been like up and like, this it brand and yeah. disco
2: bags. Disco bags
0: store. that felt like. <laughs> I don't know now. Like, And then the shoe revolution was kind of coming after that. Yeah. I, yeah.
2: Yeah. But um, now I think we have to discuss my favorite era of Virgil. And that is, that is at Louis Vuitton because I, I've said a number of times on this podcast episode that Off-White wasn't for me, but his collections at Louis Vuitton, I believed were incredibly thought out. Mm. Were incredibly like you watch the shows, and there's something different in all of them. There's so many elements. It's so to me. I like I like art that even if I don't like it, I like to see like a you appreciate what's gone into it. Yeah, I like to see. Oh wow, they've like that's a fully fleshed out idea. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and I think I'd spoken about the Louis Vuitton Autumn Winter 21 collection that mm-hmm. is like before the tribute one the Virgil was here that just was released this week um it was the collection before and I thought it was stunning it like it had like brought on elements of his like West African culture so there was a lot of sashes and like men's tunics and yeah green which is like Uh, the flag of Nigeria as well. And just like it brought in elements that you just don't normally see from this like European fashion house, but also like heavily streetwear as well. And I don't know, I, hands down, I think that, have you seen this one? Virgil was here. So um, I, when I watched it, I genuinely felt like, oh my God, I feel like I'm going to shed a tear. It was so like, as we've said before, like, A life cut short. Yeah. And um, so a lot, I'll just like go through some of like the motifs in the show, which you see from like, I remember, I think, I believe his first one was like the um the whiz inspired one with the like yellow brick road. And then he had a Michael Jackson, yeah. Well, that was the Wiz. Um had elements of like Michael Jackson and such, and then the autumn wintershire was talking about, and this one. There was, like, kind of themes that ran through through them. So, like, one thing that I remember, Virgil Abla LV, is this ombre colour, this rainbow of ombre colours. Yeah. And so that was in, very much that was in this this show. There was um, a lot of, like, balaclavas with caps on top, balaclavas with, like, berets on top. There were a lot of blazers and like fitted leather coats, whether it's like jackets or trenches. There was like travel motifs because LV essentially started as a travel luggage. yeah. Company, and you see like a lot of luggage and trunks and backpacks as well in this, which is really cool. Um, And yeah, like I think also... The same with this show and the previous ones, the music, the soundtrack Mm -hmm. is actually really cool. It's such a vibe, and you feel like the music goes with the show. Yeah, it's all part of that scene. Let's say it's for that sort of customer would like that music, and I guess maybe being a DJ in a former life and an all-round creative person. as you said with like carl shows the the set and the theme was everything you know you remember the set just as much as you remember like the standout pieces of clothes and i think when i watch this i will remember the music and how like banging i thought the music was just as much as i will remember the clothes as well yeah yeah wow um but yeah, the, another thing whilst watching the show, it reminded me of a couple of things that Virgil did that became quite mainstream in our fashion. And mm-hmm. that was, um, I believe in his first show, he introduced those linked chains on the outside of the bags, like the luggage bags.
0: And oh, yeah.
2: Every handbag has those like gold chains or like, like chains that hang off it. And that became, like, a really big trend.
1: So, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, And then also a lot of, like, sans serif font, you know, we were Mm. talking about him writing on stuff. I think there was a period of time where all these fashion houses kind of ditched, like, serif font on everything. And Mm. it became, like, clean lines and, like, clean lettering and things like that. And he was very much part of that, that wave of, like, modernizing some of these brands um and yeah it was it was held in Miami Florida and i just thought it was honestly a stunning show like if i die and someone puts that on <laughs> i'll be chuffed there was fireworks um and there was like this hot air balloon and it was it it starts off with this um little boy it starts off with a video and it's this little boy's little kid and he's black as well and I can only assume that it's like a projection of
1: himself
2: it's mm. like in his childhood maybe and this little kid is on a bike and he's like cycling around the city and it's very much about in Virgil's life from what I've heard it's very much about achieving your wildest dreams and doing things that other people didn't expect you to do and I just thought that idea of like thinking big and that like inner child and things like that and being playful and creative I don't know I thought that that was probably a really poignant theme in in like the video that starts off this show and also in other collections that he's had so yeah yeah watch it it was stunning honestly i will do you know what like i was thinking when you were talking about that is
0: that for them to put on this show they knew this was coming well he designed he designed the collection and they but but to like it probably wasn't due to like be that day surely yeah yeah, that close to his death or something Mm -hmm. uh because also in 2011 Mm-hmm. LVMH bought 60% of the shares of Off White. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if that was potentially like for a future to enable Off White's future to continue.
2: Mm-hmm. I do know that LVMH do buy
0: up. A lot yeah, of, oh, it could be totally unrelated but I'm sure they had to have an indication I, of his ill health.
2: Oh, definitely. I think probably the CEO, he probably told him at some point like I'm at the very least I'm not doing very well right now. Yeah. At the very yeah. least he would say something. You wouldn't just like not mention it to like not a soul, not even the person you work really close <laughs> with. And yeah, then, your
0: employer has to have some form of an indication.
2: Yeah, I think probably they did. Have maybe not all of the company I think that'd be a bit much but you know those who needed to know probably knew something and that they Mm. were able to turn around this show so quickly um yeah but it's only right though isn't it and like I think it was a really nice tribute
0: yeah for sure and like the reason we get so uppity about these celeb creative directors is because these real deal creative directors mm-hmm. give so much to the role. Like mm-hmm. you just can't even fathom. And so to pay the respect where it's due. And like we touched on today, they're not just like designing the clothes. They are there picking the music for the show. Yeah. He would have probably like helped, Like, I don't know, you're, you're there every step of the way whether it's just overseeing what the invitations look like, what this experience is, what the seating plan is, like all these things get overseen by these like directors. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just um, like, it's important for them to be recognised.
2: Yeah. And other things that like creative directors do, like Jonathan Anderson, for example, He does Lueve and he has his own brand at the same time. Not only is that a lot of work, but having your own brand gives you an appreciation for how things, how much things cost. Yes. You have to be in tandem with like the financial guys and when you can put things on and how things work and like the logistics of it. Do you know what I mean? And so there's just a lot of, um, yeah, as you said, there's a lot of work, there's a lot of travel, and a lot of these creative directors of these big brands don't have a life outside of mm. their
0: job. And like, it's it's enough doing one brand, so like doing two is bonkers. And like, I'm sure his yeah. trajectory would have been to go on and be like a Kyle, where he had three three on the go. Yeah, um, but also one of I guess the most notable things Virgil's probably known for is Miss Haley Bieber's wedding dress. Oh yes. I mean, again, like it was off white designing it. <laughs> huh? So this guy was doing everything. I know. and um, it was off white doing it. And actually the dress was really beautiful. um, like very lacy, very like not street inspired. But then the veil had like the block lettering that he's sort of known for that said, like, till death do us part, like an embroidered, like mm. that, like his font sort of, um, that he's known for. But yeah, he just, he just sort of seemed to have a touch on so many different things. Um, and yeah, I think you know, like a lot of the greats Mm -hmm. have left the building unfortunately now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he was probably one of the most promising talents to become like a future generations great Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't think of many other people who sort of have that sort of like reputation or expectation to achieve greatness uh, like he did Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um See, that's a
2: crying shame, yeah. It's nice to know, at the very least, that he you know, people kind of what's the phrase? Oh, you know, we butcher phrases on this podcast. <laughs> it's like, um, they sh- send you your flowers or they show you your flowers while you're still alive, you know, basically, oh. they give you recognition while you're still alive, yeah, then, like posthumously, like you yeah, die, yeah. yeah. And- the value of all your stuff goes up and everyone says how great they were and stuff. And, but when he was
0: beloved whilst he was alive. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's all a creative can ask for. Yeah, definitely. Well,
2: I guess that's the end of our podcast an end of an era. Definitely.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm really don't know what Louis V, Louis I was going to go Louis V and then, uh, I don't know what, Louis Vuitton will do sort of to replace him mm-hmm. if they will it's it's different because he was a different appointee for them mm-hmm. and so they could like they're either gonna have to go in another totally different direction yeah or sort of go a bit more traditional
2: because
0: yeah. you can't really compare. Or you don't want people to be making or drawing a comparison? Yeah, um, that's going to be a tough. That's going to be a tough role to fill.
2: Yeah, t- I would not want to be, be um, in the Filling way. Fill in those boots. No. Yeah, fill in those shoes. Um, I think they might pick someone who was like a Virgil protege, like someone that he really saw promising. anya don't. Know. I, I really like. <laughs> Kanye has enough to deal with right now. He's got a lot on his plate. He's he, need, he needs to get his girl back. That's what <laughs> don't Kim, please run. <laughs> any, any hasn't, hasn't to, he
0: been talking about that? Yeah,
2: I was going to say any man yeah. who comes on like public a
0: podcast, yeah. yeah,
2: like national media to try and like beg for you to come back home after he's just been
0: dating like one of the like most attractive models. Oh God, don't do it,
2: Kim. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I I think that yeah, it's one of those things that you have to be really thoughtful about. You don't yeah. want to just a carbon copy of Virgil. No, you don't want to announce it too soon. Um, <coughs> well, it's just made me think like all this off-white and like LV men stuff that's come out in the past few years. The price of them, yeah, is gonna collectors' items now. Yeah. And I really wanted those sunglasses from the last men's collection. Was I gonna spend 550 pounds on them? No, I wasn't.
0: But they'll they'll never they will never be a knockoff price for that now.
2: No, they'll never go
0: down in price. There'll never be a black Friday price for those.
2: <laughs> Only buying on Black Friday. Um, but also no one's gonna sell them. No. If I had something LV Virgil right now, I'm not selling it, guys. I'm not. <sighs> oh anyway yeah so what's our poll for this week i don't know maybe
0: should we talk about his replacement i feel like that's like a bit a bit out of order i'm curious like who do people think might replace him or which was your favorite ablo era off-white louis v yeah That'd be quite cool to like know of what our listeners preferred. We could give some like example pictures. All four of you. <laughs> We're just
2: joking. We know that's more. We know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that's a good question. What was your favourite Virgil era? And also, do you own anything mm. designed by her? And will you be selling it?
0: Miranda wants to know.
2: <laughs> Is it those LV cyclone glasses? <laughs> And do you accept fivers? Because <laughs> that's my budget, a fiver. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, nothing else from us. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast for another December. This is our second Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should do something like um, special special for end of year. We
0: could do something similar to like what we did last year. I can't even remember what that was. Like the year in review. Oh, okay, yeah. Standout moments of fashion for the year. Okay. Spoiler alert. Yeah. We've got
2: another (laughs) like, what, two weeks to plan that. Yeah. Um, I don't feel Christmasy at all, do you? uh, I bought a wreath for our front door at Costco. It's pretty big. I need back. I mean,
0: like I've got I've got the tree up. I've got everything, and like I'm wearing a Christmas jumper every day. But mm. I just don't feel like the holidays are coming.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. Maybe it's an age. I Maybe think it's, it's age. I was going to say. I think it's age. It's not magical. It hasn't snowed yet. It's. It did try. It did try. Not in the southeast.
0: Not where you were. It did here. Really. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I saw some big snowdrops with my nephew.
2: Oh cute.
0: He was like, it's raining. And I was like, it is not raining. It's snowing. It's raining. And I was like, buddy, it's it's snowing.
2: <laughs> uh, what yeah. do these kids know nowadays?
0: I know. I know. But yeah, let us know. Um, and, and yeah, we will
2: see you next yeah, week. Next week. Bye. Bye. we <laughs>